It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Bank of Ireland is looking out for your financial well-being. They want to help protect you from fraud. So whether it's Black Friday, Cyber Monday, or even just plain old Tuesday, be careful online. Don't assume that every text message or email you get claiming to be from a bank, a delivery service, or any company is legit. And remember, Bank of Ireland will never send you a text message or an email with a link asking for your full 365 PIN number or one-time passcodes, so don't give them out. Search Bank of Ireland Security, and together this Christmas, we won't let the fraudsters win. Begin. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Now then, welcome to episode 125 of the Blood and Mud podcast. Uh, like the, the 18th... world's most popular rugby podcast. Is it? For, for, uh, the, oh, sorry, the world's most popular lefty rugby podcast. That's true, yeah. yeah. So yeah, welcome to episode 125. Like the 80s train of the same name, we take the weekend's <laughs> rugby, struggle to arrive on time or with any level of system coherence. But nevertheless, I am Lee Calvert and over there is... Uh, I am Josh Gardner. What a weekend it's been, Josh. Tell you what, it's, it's pretty good, isn't it? A genuinely enjoyable weekend. Genuinely a, enjoyable weekend. Pulsating Champions Cup rugby. Couldn't tell you about the Champions Cup, uh, the Challenge Cup rather, but whatever. You know, I don't think we use the word pulsating it. enough. No. <laughs> Although every time I think of the word pulsating, I just think of like pulsating pupa. You're like yes, some kind of like yeah. horrible thing, or some sort of like weird like vein in a strange like <laughs> yes. giant brain or something. So always, yeah. I, I'm always wondering why why people use that in a in a nice context. But there you go. Uh, if you want to get in touch about whether you think pulsating is a nice word or not, I am at blood and mud on Twitter <laughs> or Lee at blood and And what about you, Josh? Uh, at Josh Gardner at Rugby Shirt Watch, RugbyShirtWatch.com, Josh well, at Rugby Shirt. I mean, most Watch, people uh, know this by now. I guess but I still labour under the not... hope and misapprehension that we've got new people coming on board. So yes, they may want to know these things. Some of you might actually want to communicate with us in some sort of, <laughs> <Yes>. you know. <laughs> uh, we are available on Acast on Apple Podcasts and wherever else podcasts are sold, loaned out, borrowed, or whatever. Um, 
Also, we're on Patreon. I don't want to bang on about it too much. No, it pisses people off. Even when you don't want to pay for something, we keep banging on about it. But we are there. Patreon.com slash Blood and Mud for a little bit of extra. You'll get some extra stuff from us as well. Hope you yeah. enjoyed the South Africa Rugby History Podcast last week. With I certainly did. I certainly it was did. As not usual, nearly I as learned bleak. a lot. I learned a lot, and it wasn't nearly as fucking bleak as I expected it to be. No, it was I mean, it was pretty bleak, but... Like it wasn't quite as harrowing as like the France one, for example. Now I'm not sure whether people will want to know, you know, the next chapter from Lee's <coughs> Testicular Chronicles. Before we, before we I don't know. On. That seems like it's gone down very well. They loved it, didn't they? I mean, I didn't yeah. even get into the, what you have to do about doing the sample at home and trying to get it to hospital on time. I mean, that that would be an well, entire. That maybe that's well. a patient episode because it's like a bit triple X. So, yeah, I think that's that's for the for the Petraeans. You, you guys deserve that. Although, I will say, it's the only time you can genuinely play with yourself. Justifiably. <laughs> no, I'm doing it here in the living room. Look, I don't care if your mother is here. I'm doing it in the living room. It's for science. <laughs> yeah, I, this is, it's been medically mandated. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, let's really leave that one right there. Um, before yeah, we get started, let's, have we got a player spotted? Yes, we have got a player spotted. We always start with a player spotted where we ask you to let us know if you've seen any players or associated professionals out and about. Yeah. This week, Robert Jones emails. I don't think it's that one. I don't think it's famous Swansea yeah, I mean, reverse is, passing John, has, Robert Jones. Has he spotted himself? That's cool. yeah, that'll be a good one. That, that's an entirely <laughs> different feature, isn't it? Players looking in mirrors this week. Dear Lee and Josh, Robert says, a player... It's nice, nice that he's addressing us both individually there. He says, a player spotted for you and one that I think is very topical given the musings of professional windbag, and I'll leave it at that, Piers Morgan this week. Oh my God, I mean, I know it's old news, but it's really hard to express in words what a complete and utter twat that bloke is. <laughs> oh my God. Unbelievable. I mean, this isn't news, no. You yeah, are I, know right. it's, I know it's all been done before, but, you know... Anyway, yeah, so... Having become parents for the first time, Robert says this summer, a few weeks ago, my wife and I decided that a baby carrier, a papoose, as I've learned this week, oh, because big of fan. Morgan, yeah. foot loose, foot loose, carry your feet away in a papoose. Uh, <laughs> might be a good idea, he says. Off we I, thought went. It was kick off. I thought it was kick off your Sunday shoes. <laughs> I think it might be, but papoose okay. just fit in there. I mean, but Papoose is a funny word. It's, let's be honest, it's one of the greatest words. I mean, I don't understand what Morgan's problem with it is, both from a, a functional point of view and just because it's a fucking great word to say. It is. Papoose. Papoose. I mean, it sounds slightly rude. Yeah. But it's up there with like bulldoze and words like that. They're quite good. Yeah. So, anyway, we wanted a papoose, he says, Robert. Off we went to the baby store in Bagshot, Surrey. Well. And after speaking to the assistants for about five minutes, none other than England World Cup hero and everyone's favourite player, Johnny Wilkinson, came in. Oh, wow. With exactly the same plan as us in mind. Yeah, what do you think about that, Morgan? In a move <laughs> that would have made Piers Morgan proud, Johnny left most of the questions and decisions to his wife. Oh, all right, then. And spent most of the time walking around the store trying to keep his daughter calm. When we left, he had retreated to the car park, but had succeeded in his quest and his daughter was no longer crying. Hmm. There's nothing Johnny Wilkinson can't do. He's literally, Babies are silent at his touch. I mean, he's all fucking zen, isn't he? So, isn't he? He's not yeah. though, is he, though? That's the thing. He, he looks no, like he's there when actually he makes, he's totally he's tortured all yeah, the time. I feel like now he's, you know, zen. Now that he doesn't have to worry about fucking kicking goals anymore. He's all like yoga and shit. Yeah, he's probably, and, yeah but he's probably like doing 87 extra hours of downward dog, isn't he? 
Because he can't. Because he... <laughs> well, no, he's too busy spent judging by his tweets. All he does these days is is plow all every waking hour into his fucking kombucha business. Which yeah, hang on, I've heard about this. What is it? Isn't is it? Isn't it food? Is it some I, kind of mashed it's thing a, that it's fit a, people drink? It's a drink. It's a fermented, slightly. I'm reading from Wikipedia here. Kombucha <laughs> is a fermented, slightly alcoholic. I mean, again, straight off the bat here, that sounds like not something Johnny Wilkes would be into. A fermented, slightly alcoholic, lightly effervescent, sweetened black or green tea drink, normally intended as a functional beverage for supposed health benefits. Sometimes the beverage is called kombucha tea to distinguish the name from the kombucha culture of bacteria and yeast. I mean, it sounds fucking You had me a bacteria and yeast, Josh, I'll be honest. That sounds so, desperate. There's only he could. Surely that's why they went out. They've paid him a lot of money, haven't they? Yeah. Because they've gone to him and gone, only you can sell this. No other fuck yeah. is going to buy <laughs> bacteria and yeast kombucha yeah. unless you put yeah. your name to it. Slightly alcoholic tea, which sounds like it's just. Oh, fermented. I thought it was one of these fitness health things that they're all into. It is. It's a it is. Well, it's but it's coffee, a, I suppose. Yeah. It's but a mild. It's, gyms mi- use. it's mildly fizzy, which to me says it's mildly going off. Fucking gyms. I hate gyms. Ugh. <laughs> Uh, Honestly, how did that idea... Allow me to sidebar a minute. How did that idea get off the ground? No, you're not allowed to sidebar on this You know when somebody said to I've got this, I've got this idea, level. right? You come yeah. into a room and you lift stuff. What, you mean like working in a warehouse? <coughs> yeah. What, so do you pay me to come in? Oh, no, no, no. No, no, you pay me to come in as the owner of the room to lift stuff. How did well, nobody very early on go, that's a fucking dreadful idea? Well, I think it's because people have gone to these people. You remember how, you know, you used to be all fucking ripped and shit when you were working in the warehouse. And you can't do that anymore now that you work behind a desk, you pathetic, snivelling little <laughs> shit. big fucking blob, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you like to be all big and hard again? Here, lift these heavy things. Yeah, I still don't understand how it took off. No, well, it's banded weights. Do you know what? To sidebar even further. Oh, okay. Do you know? You know, in American films, American prison movies. Yes. What are they always doing in the yard? Lifting weights. Not anymore. They're not playing basketball. Well, no, I think they're not allowed. American prisons have banned weights. Have they? And have, and have done for some time because when you've got nothing else to do all day but fucking be in prison you and lift weights, you become incredibly massive. Yes. And, and these fucking prison guards cannot handle you because you're fucking six foot two and about 320 pounds of pure muscle. So they went, no, we're, we're removing all weights from all prisons. In America. Mad dog Johnny Adair put about four stone on exactly. his prison. Exactly. Anyway. Well, there we go. A fun fact that I let, learned the other day. Let's kind of just let's come back from the podcast. sidebar. If we Only can. slightly, because we're going to decide yeah. we're going to sit next to you down the clubhouse. Here's your two this week. Yes, hit me. Sorry, I was just reading about kombucha still, because I'm just fascinated. <laughs> it's too much, and it sucked in, see? Yeah. yeah. Is it looking in um, Johnny's calming it's... eyes? It, it? Basically, yes. It's come from Japan, and they're, apparently they're trying to market it as a, an alternative to alcohol in pubs, and good fucking luck with that, Sonny Jim. Ugh. <laughs> why do they bother? British people like drinking. We drink <laughs> all the time with everything. Yeah. We do it at christenings. You know I mean, that's one time you shouldn't be drinking, isn't it? A load of fucking kids in white clothes and shit. Still yeah, we get do, pissed. They do it at church, literally. You <laughs> yeah. can't even get through a church service without being served some sort of booze. Anyway, option one yes. for you to sit as a closet. First choice, <laughs> yeah. Geraint Milosevic. 
<laughs> he sounds like a colourful character. Well, he arrived from Serbia in 1992. Oh. Changed his name from Dragan Milosevic to Geraint because, in his own words, many people will be looking for that name. Um, <laughs> he integrated into life in Clambrevin Newith with alarming ease, including learning to play open side and like a natural and speak fluent Welsh within three weeks. I mean, fair play to him. Randomly, when he sat next to you, he will randomly say things like, so many cry out in pain, so many. And then occasionally, <laughs> then he'll throw in things like, I still see their faces. Why do they come to me still, Josh? He'll say things like that. <laughs> so that's number one, Geraint Milosevic. Sounds like an interesting character. <laughs> he does. You Although, could really get under it, couldn't you? Although, you know, I'm slightly worried that he's, you know... You wouldn't want to be alone in a clearing with him, would you? No, and also, you know, as a fluent Welsh speaker, he'd probably make me feel, you know, slightly inferior <laughs> yes. as a Welsh person. For you know, yeah, he's obviously got some Jason Bourne shit going down. He yeah, yeah. Quick. Interesting though. Second one is you can sit next to Barry Dogs. Right. Barry's a winger for Strathmuckenborough RFC thirds. He's a, right. He's a typical third team winger in that he's very unkempt, wiry, and about ten stone. <laughs> My favourite kind. Yeah. He brings four greyhounds with him everywhere he goes, all dressed in human clothes. Oh, see, I was right on board with the greyhounds, <laughs> but the human clothes thing is a bit weird. Two I mean, women, I two women I and it. one lad. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. Which he introduces as, this is my family. They're not very talkative, but they won't leave me. That's the key. Not like the others. So there you go. So you can have Gareth Milosevic or Barry Dog. I mean, I really like, like I really like greyhounds, and I understand. You know, they get cold. They need to wear coats. I don't think they need to wear clothes. I think that's the line there. You know. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's got to be Mr. Milosevic then, hasn't it? There's I mean, plenty, there's plenty to unpick. There's there, plenty, exactly. I mean, I'm fascinated by him. <laughs> what an interesting chap. All right. So, your two. Right. First up is uh, Wimpy Ken. Yeah. Uh, he's 46, he's nine stone soaking wet, he lives alone and he keeps pigeons. Um, what people don't understand is that he's called Wimpy Ken to lull people into a false sense of security. Because uh, Ken is actually a black belt in Ambo Jitsu and a veteran of the Second Cod War. Uh, and he rolled... <laughs> <laughs> That's where all the real men fought, by the way. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and he will, to be blunt, he'll fuck you up. Um, uh, his club mates at uh, Rikers Moustache RFC uh, came up with the name as a way of sort of encouraging people to antagonise Ken because they quite enjoyed the never less than spectacular results and um, to be honest with you Ken has really leaned into the nickname as well because being a short man he's always angry and he just loves the aforementioned fucking people up so uh, the kind of, a kind of Begbie character a little bit yeah 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 yeah, yeah. So yeah but, see I used to know a bloke who was who used to nickname real life Tommy because he was a bit like he was a bit like Tommy from Goodfellas mm. in that he would just <laughs> completely flip for no reason whatsoever. At yes. one point we were talk he was he was talking about his his dad was a miner and we would somebody was talking about the miner strike. I can't remember what. Uh -oh. Yeah. But it was a, quite a genuine discussion until he completely flipped and nearly wanted to batter this bloke for taking the <laughs> for taking the piss out of my father. But I think he basically just said, "I don't like Arthur Scargill or something." Yeah, I mean, you've always got there's, there's a, as a very very narrow tightrope you got to walk with these people, but they can be quite interesting. So that that's one. And then your second option is uh, Nintendo Lee. Now he's thirty four. No relation. 
no no <laughs> no first name relation um uh yeah he's 34 he lives with his mum uh he scores tries for fun as the fullback for uh tuscan raiders rsc um he's not much of a laugh off the field however uh as he spends literally every waking moment playing tetris on the back of game boy and uh which lee's just thrown on the floor um, <laughs> <laughs> it was actually a tape measure that was on my desk and i managed to throw it at the desk and made, at the couch and missed yeah, but everybody at first just sort of assumed that this was like a weird hipster affectation, you know, oh, oh. he's the kid with the Game Boy. But now people think he's they're genuinely concerned he might be addicted because he once stabbed a man with a fork when he asked him if he wanted to drink when he was perilously close to beating his high score of 9,999,995. But despite that, uh, if you play the Tetris theme on the club jukebox, uh, he'll instantly spring up and start doing one of those funny Russian dances, which everybody likes. Cossack dance. Uh, Cossack yeah, style. Know. Not sure if you remember the uh, the Tetris theme tune, but uh, I've got I've got a ten hour loop of it that I found <laughs> on YouTube. Yeah, I'm doing the Cossack thing because you can't yeah, help exactly. it. Can you? you would, wouldn't you? Yeah, just imagine it. Yeah, I mean this loops for ten hours. Shall I just leave it on while we do the news? Should we just leave that on and just go? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, these yeah, two so sound like I'm going to get my head kicked in at some point. I mean, you as so, long as you leave him to his Tetris, you're all right, but. <laughs> If you want a quiet night, you know, it's fine. But <laughs> I bet Garland would like this, wouldn't he? Garland would have fucking loved it, so he might think it's a bit... Or he might remind him of people he's killed. That's the problem. That would be a shame, wouldn't it? Right then, yeah, so, uh, I don't know, him, the second one, Lee, because yeah, he's Nintendo got the same Lee. name as me. Yeah, good. Right, let's move on to the news. Yes. <laughs> I want to do it in a sort of a rhythmical way now. Yeah. This is the news. <laughs> news officially James sanctioned Hask. by the uh, right. James Haskell <laughs> opening a gym. Uh, That's not news. Fuck me. It's fucking not news. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Right <laughs> the then. Most predictable thing ever. Let me tell yeah. you what is news though. Yes. News this week. Chubby Tommy. Yes. Thomas Wardrum has taken uh-huh. his last waddle this weekend. <laughs> he's flopped over his final try line. He's flopped over his final try line. He's squeezed his magnificently enormous kite into his final too small scrum cap. Yeah. He's not dead, by the way. He's not dead. He's, he's just retired. But you yeah, will not yeah. see him trying to squeeze that massive moon face into a scrum cap no more because no. he's done with and- playing. He was back in. He was back in New Zealand, wasn't he? Oh. He left Exeter at the end of the last season. I'm guessing he probably went. You Seriously, know what? turned Tetris off. <laughs> you know, I forgot it was on. <laughs> Do you know when something just sort of goes into the back of your brain, like you sort of tune it out? That's me. I never realised quite how sort of Cossacky it was before. Yes, it's mega Cossacky, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, uh, yes. So uh, congratulations on your seven thousand one-inch tries and. That one time you ran it in but quite a distance. A decent career. More than Honestly, a decent career. Well like, done. A, a, in his in his day, a fucking really... Hell of a carrier. Hell of a... Yeah. It, it's, he was like just, a deluxe Ben Morgan. He absolutely was. And he had the same... He had the same problem that afflicts Ben Morgan in that he was not necessarily that fatter man in his prime. <laughs> 
but he just always had a really fat face. <laughs> he failed the eye test. Just the <laughs> fat failed, face. Yeah. So Ben Morgan's the same. Ben Morgan's not a fat man, but he, he squeezes his face into a scrum cap and he just looks like the fat controller. Yes. And it's, it's just not a good look for fucking international rugby. Um, but yes, uh, you know, he had a ridiculous try scoring record. Genuinely. Wasn't he top scorer? He was top scorer. In 2015, was yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 23 Genu- tries or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. He, he, he scored... I, I, that I was the year how. that Exeter didn't understand that there was an area of the pitch outside three metres beyond the posts, wasn't it? Yeah. it was kind of... and, and why was he when they were scoring tries? Literally, <laughs> yes. from their, every mall they had was a try. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so I was just leading try scorer in 2015 and 2016. I mean, that is remarkable. Like for a number remarkable. eight, that is genuinely incredible and fair play to him. So good luck, Tommy. Whatever you're choosing to do next, and all, and by all accounts, a very nice fella. Indeed. So, what other news have we got? Uh, Edinburgh. Yes. Are getting a new ground. Oh. Next to Murrayfield with a 7,800-person capacity. It's better than playing... Listen to this, what Cockrell has said. Oh, God. And see if you can spot where he's going wrong. Right. Cocker says, we had 7,000 here at the weekend, and with the new stadium over holding 7,800, we can start to get (laughs) sellouts. I mean, as a mathematician, he makes a magnificent rugby coach, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, you got seven thousand there in a what sixty thousand capacity stadium. Yeah. So, with yeah, I mean, those are the. Well, you're not going to get a sellout if it's seven thousand people for seven thousand eight hundred capacity no, stadium. Are you? Let's be honest. That's that's probably the absolute playing too long at home in the Heineken in the Heineken Cup. A seven thousand probably your absolute fucking ceiling. So they've just gone. Well, I'll stick another eight hundred in there. Fuck it, why not? One of the fans say, "I went to watch, I went to watch Edinburgh the weekend." I said to the bloke next to me, "It's not going badly, is it?" <laughs> it's a Jasper Carrot joke then about Birmingham City. I'm going to confess to. Uh... It's a good joke, and do you know what? It's a joke that makes more sense for Edinburgh than it does for, <laughs> for anybody City. else. Yeah. Any, yes. Um, oh, Christian Wade's going to the NFL. That's the other bit of news. Oh I yeah, suppose. I forgot about that. Yeah. Siri, Shit please tell me what Gen- fool's errand is. Well, God bless him. Actually, no, actually what I'm interested to know in, right? Literally, yeah. how do you do it? Um, do, you, do you go to like a these combine camps, as they call them, or yes. these kind so, of like prep well, camp things? Apparently, they've given teams in the NFC South this season an extra roster slot, as in a, a player that they can sign for uh, an international development player. And they have these international development camps where they basically get athletes who haven't played American football before or haven't played much American football before. um, And they basically say, can they, you know, they decide whether or not they think they can be American football players. And if they do, they sign them and they basically, they're not expected to play any games anytime soon. They're basically expected to just learn the game and learn how to do it. Um, Because who's that massive Australian forward they've they've signed for rugby league? uh, Yes. He's like he's 19 stone. Malita or something, isn't yes. it? He's yeah. 19 stone, he's, he's six foot four and rapid. Yeah, but he's only 20. Yeah, true. Whereas Christian Wade is like 27, is something he? Like that, 27, 28, yeah. 26. Well, the, he's old he's, he's knocking on in, in the learning an incredibly complicated new sport terms. He has. However, 
is I'm starting to understand why he's doing it. Because how much do you reckon uh, he's on at Wasps, really? 150, 200? Yeah, the minimum NFL league salary for a rookie this year is $480,000 a year. And would it be, would he be classed as a rookie in this thing? He would. He would. He would, uh, he would be because it's his first year in the league. He'd have to make an active roster for that. I'm interested to see what... I'm just going to check what the practice squad wage is because that's more likely what he's going to be on. It'll be uh, enough to live off either way, though, won't it? It'll be enough to live off, but it's like... Okay, so... Practice squad people get about one hundred and twenty, hundred and thirty thousand dollars a season, which is, you know, senior management pay. Yeah, it's it's probably <laughs> less than he's on. Probably less than he's on at Wasps. Yeah, but, I don't think he's got a family or anything, has he? I think he's no. But if he makes an NFL roster, he gets five hundred thousand dollars a year, which is about you know three hundred eighty. You know, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, plenty. It's fucking. It's it's Dan Carter money, you know. <laughs> And then if it doesn't go well, he'll they'll be he'll be welcomed back into the bosom very quickly and very favourably. Let's be honest, it's not going to go well. He's never played the NFL in his life. He's never done anything to do with the NFL. He's a really amazingly good athlete. There are shitloads of amazingly good athletes in American football and in college football that never make it to the NFL because they're not big enough. And he's five foot seven. Well, I mean, look at the problems Smash Williams had in Friday Night Lights. You know, he wasn't exactly. big enough, was he? Exactly. He exactly went through all that, that drug problem, you know, trying to get exactly. him bulk himself up. No, and there's, you get to the point where there's only so much you can bulk yourself up. And, uh, yeah, if he wants to play wide receiver, there are only... There are one or maybe two wide receivers in the NFL that are shorter than him in the league at the moment. Mm. And they were obviously had the benefit of playing the sport since they were fucking ten. Is he a specialist kick returner like Jared Payne? Basically, is that what they're looking at? Well, I mean that went really well, didn't it? He Jared Payne, sorry, not Jared yeah. Payne. No, uh, yeah, um, yeah. Well, exactly. If that's his fucking plan, then that didn't go very well, did it? Because Jared Payne lasted what three months, and he was back in the NRL. He was it's, over there a bit longer, wasn't he? I think he only lasted that long in, in a roster, didn't he? Yeah, he didn't. He, he didn't kicked he about drop a bit. couple? Yeah, he, he basically didn't like it. He realised he didn't like it and went off and decided he was going to try and get in the Fiji fucking Olympic team. For yeah, the and I don't understand. I think what must be, diff- not just learning the technicality of it, there must be something about the mentality of not being in a game until you have to be in a game. Yeah. Think about rugby, you're in a game permanently, aren't you? Yeah, it's having it's having the focus and conditioning to go a hundred fucking miles an hour in perfect timing, in fully perfect warmed timing. up, ready to go. Yeah. People don't realise how complicated it is as a sport and how dense these fucking playbooks are and all this sort of stuff. The level of fucking yeah, and if you're four inches the wrong side, your hole's wrong and your angles are wrong, yeah. and that's it, isn't yeah. it? It's I mean, good luck to him. It would be brilliant. No, indeed, I he, hope it goes. If well. he made any kind of success, but having you know all the way back to fucking Gavin Hastings being bloody kicker for the Scottish Claymores back in the old NFL Europe days. Lots of rugby players have tried to go over and none of them have really made anything of a success of it. Mm. Like, there's a couple of guys floating around on practice squads and stuff, but, you know, Mylita might be the only one and that was rugby league. So, yeah, it's good luck to him, but no. Nah. We shall see. So there you go, that's the news. Acast recommends... Podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna. 
talking to people who stand up, speak out or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. So you move on from this big weekend then, what we kind of learned. Yes, what a mahoosive weekend of stuff. Speaking of Hastings, mm. um, it wasn't a bad weekend to be Scottish, was it? It certainly wasn't. Um it was a bad week to be a Scottish kit man, but it was um, <laughs> both teams. I mean, is that Edinburgh's best ever win? It's got I mean, they there, they, beat, they got to a fucking Heineken Cup semi-final once, remember, which is still one I of the weirdest. I feel sorry for Edinburgh. Because... Still one of the weirdest sentences. No offence to Edinburgh fans, but Edinburgh made it to a Heineken Cup semi-final. Oh, that, they lost it's... to Ulster, didn't they? Uh, yes, on the year that the, Ulster lost to... Yeah, it was the year that Ulster lost to uh, Leinster. They got absolutely battered by Leinster. Yeah, I mean, it was quite a surprise final. Ulster ended up up there, didn't it? But yes, because uh, Edinburgh had beaten Toulouse, I think. It was, in it was the a quarter, surprising win. I in can't the quarterfinal, sure it was some listeners will tell us. Yes, but you know that's that's still probably their best. Like, However, I do win, feel sorry but, for Edinburgh. My point was going to be was because. A lot of attention is, and a bit like Newcastle last week as well, a lot of attention is naturally, probably unfairly, put on how shit Toulon are, rather yeah. than how well Edinburgh played. And they did play very, they very well. exceptionally well. The problem is, it's, yeah, it, it is more about, and it's kind, it's kind of the better story, isn't it? That Toulon are an absolute yes. fucking yes. clown car farce of a shambles of a club right now. And, you know, Edinburgh can only beat what's in front of them. And they didn't just fucking beat them. They, you know... It's not just... They demolished them. Yeah, and it's it, not just the... Um, it's not just this game and just how it looks for the clubs either. It's the number of Scottish players yeah. that look very good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's fucking... a real shame. Magnus Bradbury's injured now. As he's done his arm, he's going to be mm. out of the autumn. And he came through two years ago looking pretty talented, and now he seems to be realising that talent. And unfortunately, he's got himself. He's had a few injuries the past few years. Actually, I hope he's not one of those, for his sake, not those unlucky players. Mm. Yeah, you don't want it to. But like, you look at it's, you know both Scottish teams are really demonstrating the the smart way that Scottish rugby have gone about doing all of this sort of stuff with with their sort of recruitment because they, they they bring in good players and usually they bring in foreign players who are Scottish qualified or can be but even the ones they've not like Bill Matter for example yeah. fantastic fucking signing that guy yes he's an absolute tank of a man and you know he was he's, he's been in with Edinburgh since what 2016 something like that he's mm-hmm. played a lot of sevens but he's he looks absolutely fucking mustard now. And it's particularly with like 
the talent that they've assembled around players like that, who are sort of unheralded foreign signings who've come in and just been brilliant for them. Yeah, and, and, and holding the nerve, you know, from the wrong term, but keeping faith in, shall we say, you know, the likes of yeah. Blair Kinghorn and stuff, who looks a real handful. The Mesh, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you say, Gilchrist, Bradbury, and McAnally, man, God, yeah, he's is a well, Irish hookers, I suppose, but he's certainly the best hooker on the island of Great Britain. <coughs> I, I'd be honest with you, I think he's a better hooker than best, best, is he yeah, a better form than Cronin at the minute. He's maybe not in better form, but I think he's a better, you know, Sean Cronin is a better all round player. Sean's a very, Cronin's a very good player and he's a very explosive player, but there's a reason that he comes off the bench a lot, you know? He's he's that kind of guy and he's a great player at it, but if I was going to pick my Lions fucking hooker tomorrow, between Ken and McAnally, to be honest. Yes, I'm sorry. Lions Claxon. You basically you basically trapped me into that by saying the best hooker in the British Isles, which instantly took me to fucking I'm afraid uh, the deflector shield will be quite operational when your lions arrive. Yeah. Um, so um, uh, Yeah, so and then of course Also so, great yeah. leader as well. Like mm. whoever I who is captaining Scotland? you know, Laidlaw and fucking Barkley can't captain Scotland forever. Like mm. he's surely a candidate to take over the job full time in the next couple of years. Yeah, more than mesh, yeah. Yeah. Right. But either yeah, or or yeah. It just looks Ross Forster on the bench, amazingly. <laughs> he will never die. He cannot <laughs> be convinced. Rossford cannot be Ross killed. Ford, like the ever living Ancient yeah. spirits of evil and all that. <laughs> yeah, so um brilliant performance by Edinburgh, brilliant for Scotland. And actually I mean, they've obviously lost, lost Bradbury, haven't they? Mm-hmm. But, you know, don't speak too soon because there's a weekend left. But this is probably one of the fittest set of players they've had going into an autumn for a while because traditionally it's like they've all just been to a shooting range and been kneecapped prior <laughs> yeah. to the autumn, isn't I it? I mean, Stuart Hogg is obviously a massive fucking yes. loss. But Kinghorn's form kind of... And it, yeah, and he's not Hogg, is he? But... It's usually they get they tend to get peppered in the forwards, don't they? Coming into the yes, I'm all tend, going from memory as someone's gonna tell me I'm tend, wrong, but they do tend they, to get peppered quite in the quite often down to like the you know, their seventh choice fucking tight head, isn't it? Absurd <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, because it was Daryl Marfo last year, wasn't it? Who yes, played incredibly yeah, well. well. But it exactly, was but yeah, yeah, it was like who what? <laughs> well it's just because Jonathan Humphreys was a shit hot fucking forwards coach and remains a shit hot forwards By coach, even though things, he's yeah. now even though he's now at Glasgow. But um Speaking of which <laughs> Well, Glasgow just are making everything look incredibly fucking easy this season. Let's be honest. Like, do you know what the European season was like last year? It was it a is true that kind of baptism of fire thing, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's, it's one of those things where they obviously had to, you know, they they've been baby steps in it through the last. You know, yes, we say that. Remember, Glasgow lost to fuck the fucking Kings last month. That's weird to think of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, leave it though. That's just too. That's the exception that proves the, the rule. And you yeah. look at that, and then you look at what they they made battering Cardiff at the Arms Park, and Cardiff are incredibly up and down this season, and I remain staunchly unconvinced that they can be a proper team at this level. But Glasgow just made it 
But it's, it's not just the fact that they win because Cardiff aren't playing well. It's it's what they, they just, look they just, like. They just what they look like doing yeah. it, isn't it? It is just like well, Slowing This game's fucking fun. easy. Do you know what yeah, I mean? it's, it's, it's it's basically what we expected when they, you know, when Gregor was still there. When Gregor, when well, when Gregor was still there, and then also when they replaced, you know, when they replaced him with um, with Dave Rennie, you know, it's it's. That's how we expected them, you know. They expected them to start playing rugby like the Chiefs, and they've kind of done it in fits and starts. But they haven't ever really clicked for a whole series, a uh, whole season. And now I'm looking at them this season, and I'm thinking, I mean, okay, they'll have ups and downs, but yeah, they they could be finally putting it all together. But I will be the first person to say that this time last year, or actually before the Champions Cup last year, I was like. I think Glasgow are going to do something this year. Hmm. And then they shat the bed. So I didn't say anything this year. Um, and I'm not going to say anything because I think Glasgow fans will thank me for not doing that. Um, but we know we know this city like a lover. <laughs> and, and it's no main uh, city. No. <laughs> yeah, but I think... This, they, are they finally putting it together? They've got the fucking squad. The interesting thing you was look at that squad. And you th- yeah, you think on, they've got on. fucking talent everywhere. And, and the and, thing was last year we were like, um, they play. They're not playing rugby that's that different from last year. But last year they were losing. Mm. And don't forget they did lose to Saracens. They left points out on the pitch against Saracens, didn't they? But they could have yes. won, I suppose. It wasn't. They absolutely could have. Yeah. You know. With a bit more, I think that's the thing in the. They've replaced one mercurially talented and brilliant, but perhaps not the most um, solid tactically fly half in Finn Russell with Adam Hastings, who is basically exactly the same in all of the good and all of the bad ways. Mm. And Adam Hastings is like a massive talent, but he's young. And I think they're still looking they still lack a little bit. When you look at their fucking scrum halves as well, you know, fucking Nick Frisbee, yep. Matt, Matt Awalu and Ali Price, that's nobody's version of control. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's fucking... God, isn't that wonderful, though? That, is that stuff the rugby you want to watch, man? Do you know what I mean? They're fucking brilliant fun. I love watching Glasgow Did you know play. that Adam Hastings is Gavin's son? Has yeah. anyone mentioned that at all? Uh, in commentary? I mean, Have you noticed? Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> I, I've never... It's, but he's not the thing is he doesn't play anything like his dad. He I plays a different think. position for a start, but well, yeah. <laughs> but like he doesn't he doesn't have He's pacey like his dad, he runs a bit like his dad, but yeah, he's a Yes, that's true actually. But like yeah, he doesn't he's got a bit more in his locker, I think, from a an all round player kind of It's hard to compare. The year is a, I mean is. that really is comparing it's okay. fucking apples and oranges. It's not even it? apples because and oranges. It's, apple, being a, it's, it's apples and fucking chicken vindaloo. I think it's just it's yes. just so far apart. But, but yeah, that's that's my only concern with Glasgow this year is that is is that when they need to play against a team like Saracens, which they're going to have to do if they want to do anything in a European sense this year, they it's you know it's not always going to be that easy. They're not always going to be allowed to play in the way that they. What you think about all the great want. European teams? It takes. Three goes at it before they get it yeah. right. You know, Easy. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Easy. You know, if, if I was a Glasgow fan, which I'm not, but if I was, I'd be sat there thinking, you know what, this is already better than we looked like last year. If yeah. we can get out of the group and look better <laughs> again, then 
and it doesn't we don't get beyond the quarters or whatever then we come back next year and we and we get better again and that's fine if you, it's about i don't like the word momentum because it's the wrong word it's about continuing it's about the development a, yeah it's reaching the milestones and all that you yeah say, it yeah. is and the problem that you you know the thing that they want to be careful of and the thing that i i look at their pack and i think they've got a very good pack but i don't think they've got a nasty pack and I don't think they've got the sort of pack that can do the sort of things that a Saracens pack or a Leinster pack or a Toulouse pack can do, or a Racing 92 pack. And I look at this Glasgow and I think, and I hope I'm wrong, but I look at them and I, I think of what the Ospreys were like in the sort of mid-2000s to 2010-11 sort of period, where they were comfortably the best team in Wales. They were one of the best teams in Europe, but every year they sort of just they either didn't make it out of the group or they squeaked into the quarterfinal and lost despite having an absolutely brilliant squad because yeah. they just they weren't learning and they weren't build they got to they learned to a certain point and then they never really got over the hill to do what Munster did or what Leinster did or what any of these great european teams did and it was a total waste and i re- i look at glasgow and i think this is the season now where there needs to be a proper a sort of a sea change and a mindset change, and they need to make it to that quarterfinal. Otherwise, they're running the risk of sort of being stuck in neutral a little bit. And that's you know this squad deserves better than that. This squad are too good to be fucking sitting around and not and getting knocked out in the group stages. It's a fucking talented squad, isn't it? it must They've got be... fucking talent everywhere, mate. It's and that um, it's... he's a Matt Fagerson looks on prospect, doesn't he? Twenty years old, absolutely does. Yeah, and Xander's still injured, of course. Don't forget, of course, yeah. And you know they've got. They've got Rob Harley in second row. I love Rob Harley. Big, ginger, yeah. nasty. Well, when he was blindsided, <laughs> he was ace. But he's, they got him in second row now. But it's a... Uh, yeah. And I think more than anything, when you see that Glasgow are going to be playing, as fans, you go, oh, great, Glasgow are playing. Mm, I'll watch that. And yeah. You know what I mean? There's something about it. You know, you look at Glasgow Cardiff, you go, you know what? That'll be, that'll be a game worth watching, that. Yeah. You know, and Anscombe honest, on one that... side, Glasgow on the other side, Jared Evans, you know, that's a game worth... That's, if that's not what you're wanting European rugby to be. Exactly. Plus your, you know, Pro 14 to be, or your rugby generally to be, then I don't know what you're watching. Really. Yeah, and you've got these, you know, there are teams like Glasgow, like the Scarlets, like Gloucester, to be honest, that you think they're going to be fun. Yeah. Wasps as well, you know, whatever you get, you're going to get an entertaining game, even if it's a mad game. And I think that's kind of why Glasgow can rapidly become, and it has rapidly become, to be honest, a lot of people's sort of second team. Did you see Dye's number ones at the weekend? Sensational. Again, black shirt. Black, black shirt. Too, shirt. Black shirt's too far for me. No, I mean, I I'm was... not saying I would choose to do it. <laughs> but I'm he's telling, but, you know, he's, done, he's going I'm, fucking all the way there, isn't he? He's done it. He's done it before. And I said then he's gone too far at that point. Like white shirt or a gray. There was a week where he wore a gray shirt with a black suit, which I personally felt was a bit much. Um, it was a little bit. Somebody tweeted when I put the when I put the photo. Somebody tweeted back, and it was absolutely bang on. Sorry, I can't remember who it was that tweeted it. it tweeted bang on, said he looks like one of those really red faced blokes you see on the train drinking a can of Stella, dolled up to the nines, going to Cheltenham. He's a hundred percent. Just before you said it, I was like, he's just going for a day out of the races, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. He's, he doesn't look like he looks like someone who's not going to Cheltenham. He looks like someone who's going to bath races. Or somewhere, yeah, yeah. Hey, which dog. is like, which is like the worst. <laughs> Chester, that's awesome. yeah. He definitely's got makes, a Chester races. Yeah, makes Cheltenham look fucking classy. Um, 
Yeah, <laughs> it was glorious though. Yeah, and what a game! What a game that was. Do you know what we're going to talk about Toulouse later? I'm sure. But the t- on the face of it, Toulouse Toulouse's game against Leinster was quite similar to Bath Wasps, wasn't it? Score wise, on the face, on the face yeah. of it, yeah. But I they were two. They, they, they were, were like almost <laughs> Wasps and Bath got there in spite of themselves. Whereas yeah. <laughs> Toulouse Leinster, it was like it was by design. I don't, yeah. That's the best way I could kind of put it, really. Toulouse and Leinster was two really good teams bafflingly given to lose look they've looked fucking dog shit for the last couple of years two very good teams going at it fucking hammer and tongs at every level of the game cancelling each other out in some ways and not in others it was brilliant bath wasps was just who's going to it was literally just like nobody wants to win this game <laughs> do you want the ball now and we'll fuck up then we'll give it yeah. then you can give yeah. it to us and you yeah. can fuck up yeah and then you can just run it in from fucking anywhere <laughs> Crack on, and then we'll have a go at that. All right, brilliant, yeah. And then at the end, we'll draw, yeah? Because once again, we haven't got a fucking goal kicker. Uh, <laughs> oh, just... with a Jimmy Gopeth. Well, it's just like, I'm I'm quite glad that Billy Burns wasn't the person missing that fucking kick. That you can see why give. Bath didn't need Adam Hastings, though, can't you? Why well, it was best to let Absolutely, him yeah. yeah. <laughs> best to let him go. Let him go, yeah, not worth it. It was hat stand. Brilliantly entertaining game. Absolutely hat stand. And and in no way an advert for the game of rugby, because well, I think, it, was a, it was an advert for the the sort of as a rugby fan, it's an advert for rugby. It was like twenty twenty cricket. It was it very much was actually. on the face of it. This is very entertaining, but actually, <laughs> in many ways, down, it isn't. Really yeah. <laughs> There's not a lot of competency being displayed by either side here. Um, yes. Uh, that Mercer looked great, though. Oh, best English play on the field. That his night. footwork is. That's the thing, you know. People say about his size, and actually, he's nowhere near as small as people make out. He, he no. looks strange. He looks a bit willowy, but I think he that's because of the way he runs. He doesn't he's run athlete, like he? somebody who's that big. So he looks. Like, well, he can't no. be that big because look at the way he kind of uses his feet. When actually, yeah, he's got something kind of fifty to esque. He's about six him. three and seventeen stone. He is not small. No, he's Kieran Reed esque. Yeah. maybe a bit lighter, but that's that's Kieran Reed, Reed dimensions. Well, that's got to be like he's got basically the same size as Fanatel, and Fanatel hasn't done a fucking bad job yeah. playing fucking Test number eight. I think because he's so young, when he there is something about even when you're Fanatel, big, he's taller and heavier than Fanatel. I think there's something about when you come through young, even when you're big, you don't look as strong. You don't run your weight. Mm. And I think he has got. He probably. It sounds fucking massively condescending when you say it, but he probably has got a bit of growing into his frame to do. And some people do grow late. Yeah. If you borrow a football example, Steven Gerrard looked all over the shop till he was about 24. Yeah. Because he he, he hadn't, he was too gangly. He hadn't got the kind of structure around the bones and stuff. And And that that comes with like years of of conditioning, to be honest. I saw Zach Mercer play in the under 20s um, Mm. against Wales. And he looked like he was from another planet playing at that level. <laughs> that was two years ago. He was honest to God. He was head. No, he wasn't. He was just. He was mostly shoulders above everybody else because he just kept <laughs> smashing people out of the way. And I think he got caught in in between two stools for a while. He was too big to be challenged by that level, and he wasn't quite ready to be full on physically to be a full on first team. If you know what I yeah. mean. 
Um, although he was doing all right in first team, but it wasn't quite as convincing as it should have been. But I think now that those days are over. Yeah. I mean, if I was Eddie Jones, I'd fucking pick him tomorrow. But instead, he'll probably pick Ben Morgan. <laughs> I don't think he won't pick Ben Morgan. Oh, no. He wants a fucking lump. He wants a lump who can carry hard. And Zach Mercer is an athlete. And I don't know if he, he can't be as... He's not destructive enough as a ball carrier. That's the pro- thing I worry about. We'll cover but that next week. Let's not. He should let's not be get into this anyway. Too yeah, much. but yeah. So, but yeah. Um, again, I've, I mean, as far you know, if you wanted a Friday night game of rugby, mm. that would have been absolutely perfect. That would have been sensational. <laughs> Everyone goes home sort of weirdly happy and unhappy. <laughs> um, what have I learned? What have I learned? Uh, oh, I've learned that uh, Leinster might have shown a teeny tiny little weakness, uh, but good luck exploiting it, everybody else. What is it? Well, you know, we've we spoken, I think we spoke about this last week, about the way Leinster play, the way they hold on, hold on to possession yeah. to sort of overload defensive systems. Um, and they, but the thing I think it was you that touched on it last week is the way that they use possession as defense. Because, yeah, I think if I they say have, that, yeah. if I'll they take have credit the ball, for it, if not. If they have the ball and they keep the ball, you can't score. And the thing that Toulouse demonstrated is that if you can disrupt that possession, either by forcing mistakes or winning the contact and forcing them to kick it away, they're as vulnerable as anyone else defensively. If they, if you actually put load on their defence, particularly out wide, they they will break. And particularly from uh, broken play, you know they're not they're not accustomed to defending from broken play mm. because they're used to controlling the possession and controlling the tempo of the game. They're not used to basically being on their fucking heels and chasing back kicks and chasing back cover tackles and all this sort of stuff. And they looked really fucking fragile. And they looked really fragile off first phase as well, which was weird. And it's understandable because they don't do it a lot. And they keep the ball for huge periods of games. You know, they, they keep possession effectively until they score. And then they're usually good enough on the deck and they're good enough for the contact area that they don't have to sort of defend for 20, 30 phases. They usually force a mistake or a turnover before then. And I mean, it's it's a, it's a thermal exhaust port. It's thermal exhaust port on the Death Star and frankly, what use of snub fighters against the size of that thing level. But I mean, it's, they're a team with so little flaws and it required a fucking superhuman physical effort for Toulouse and to exploit it. And I think the, the, the chat of Toulouse not being fit anymore needs to uh, be well, just yeah. backed into the well, bin, the thing. It? They looked fucking knackered against Bath after 60 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And somehow they turn around a week later and they outlast fucking Leinster. Mad shit. Made, and, yeah. and that's kind of the thing. It kind of... It, could, it sort of has the whiff of a freak result about it. That's the thing is a lot of people say, oh, Toulouse are back now. So well, are they though? Are they? We'll see next week if they, you know, see next round next, if they fucking round. lose. Yeah. yeah. See if they fucking lose to Wasps or something. You know, it's... Did you see Jack Conan's feet when he broke the line? Yes. When he stepped Outrageous. two people. Outrageous. And then accelerated. And actually, we've always said about Jack Conan, you know, pretty bog standard, you know, he'll get maybe 15, 20 island caps on it. Do you know what I mean? Sort of thing. But he's yeah. not going to be nope. a starter. Any, but my word... Yeah, and that's the that's the thing. It's like that's what Leinster have to fucking operate and with. And the third string. Yeah, yeah, he's he's that good, and he's it's bizarre when you think about sort of 
the fact they fucking lost, I still can't believe they lost that game, to be honest. Well, they did they throw were... an intercept, didn't they? Let's be honest. <laughs> well, yeah, but like you... He had to use that intercept, though, didn't they, to lose? Absolutely, and they fucking did. And it's... Yeah. Siri, show me a video of what people mean by French rugby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly that. We've got the ball, there's five minutes left. Boom, go! Fucking <laughs> run! Um, but you look at that, that Leinster squad and you just think... That's the like I know they've lost this season. I know they've they've lost game. They haven't lost. There's been a long time since they've lost a game with the full fucking compliment. Or when there's a lot riding on it. When yeah, it's a game they really want to win. Yeah, in a big game where they've got fucking all of their island stars, all of their international stars, when they've they've basically gone fucking loaded for bear somewhere, and they haven't won. And that's been cool. It'll be interesting to see how they bounce back from that because I'm imagining that most games where they've lost over the last two years, they've mainly been games where they haven't been playing all of their big guns. And, I mean, uh, I don't know who's got them this weekend in the Pro 14, but, I mean, fucking good luck. Um, it's, it's weird. I still can't quite work out how it happened because there was a moment in the second half where I thought okay they're in control now and then they just didn't (laughs) exert that control at all and they allowed Toulouse to come back into it and they allowed Toulouse to start winning the contest again Toulouse got a second wind which is weird because that's what Leinster do you know Leinster have that last 10 minutes where they're fucking smashing everything that moves and they're you know they bring on the bench and all of a sudden, you know, it's completely ridiculous. And yeah, I that, I, uh, can't, I can't really understand. Oh, fucking hell, they got Teresa away at the weekend. Oh, that leaves them back in, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I did that. I mean, that flanker, he took the interception and off he went. <laughs> yes. Maldali, was it? Maldali. Yes. He's like 30 years old. Where's he been? <laughs> I mean, it's, I know, it's obviously it's hard to judge people for highlights, real of course, but he looked fairly rapid. Well, and it's play, players that came off the bench for them as well. What's his face? Uh, oh, the um, Dupont, the scrub half. Yeah, absolute fucking live wire. I think he's still only twenty, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And and you just got to look at them and think, well, and they've still got so many shits, like proper <laughs> fucking arseholes. Like, they still got fucking Yoan Uje just to be a right bastard at all times. And they've got fucking players like fucking Joe Takori and they've got Famina and they've got all yes. of these, like, Tolafua. And they just, like, Offspring of Intermac, of course. Indeed. Yes, of course, yeah, I forgot about him. And, you know, they, they, they've and they got Geraldini, who I assumed had retired about five looks, years ago. He looks ago. pretty... He looks he fine, fine as well, doesn't he? Just, doesn't he? He just comes off the bench just all beardy and angry <laughs> and just smashes people. And it's like... Yeah, they, it felt like a bit of a moment for Toulouse because, you know, they were out of the Champions Cup last year and a lot of people were sort of... You know, they've been shit for a couple of years. Let's not beat around the fucking bush. Hmm. They spent loads of money and got fucking nothing out of it for quite some time. And but yeah, the moment can go either way, can't it? Because yeah, let's see how what happens next. Because you know, you can have a moment like you know, you go to a wedding and a song you really like comes on, 
and you've had a few <laughs> too many drinks and you go fucking uh, freak out crazy dancing to it. Yeah. And then basically you almost have like a fucking aneurysm and you're ruined for the rest of the night. You're nearly spewing up because you've danced so much. Uh, it I could be something like that. Up. Yeah, it could be, couldn't it? And I mean, you look at that squad and you go, they're very good. And they've got a lot of horrible bastards in it and a lot of talented players. But they've always had that. And I do wonder if it might have been a sort of glorious right place, right time sort of scenario. As people are saying, oh, what does it mean for Leinster? What does it mean for Toulouse? Oh, Leinster aren't guaranteed to top the group and get home. They fucking will. They will be one of them. <laughs> yes, the, Leinster are not losing a game for the remainder of this Champions Cup group stage. And the other ones probably are. And the other ones probably will, yeah. And and they will probably still get one of the top two seeds. But it makes it a little bit more interesting, which is nice because European rugby has had a whiff of the inevitable about it this season. So it's always nice to have a little bit of something about it. Uh, a bit... Lastly, for me, very quickly, we need to move this on. Uh, Newcastle, I mentioned this last week, but it's worth three points. It can't beat Sale, but can beat Montpellier and all European comers that come their way. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, how many thirty-eight phases? Thirty-eight phases. Last try was outrageous. Reminding me, I, I posted a video of it on Twitter. If you didn't see it, uh, of the Harlequins one from two thousand and eight when Nick oh, Evans lost yeah, the drop yeah, goal yeah, yeah. in the rain in the quagmire. That's only funny. Or what? <laughs> I mean, Nick Evans is absolutely spectacular throughout it all. He's just a perfect yes. picture of calm and class all the way through it, and constantly tells Danny Care, no, don't give me the fucking ball, you brainless fucking moron, <laughs> until I tell you to. Um, yeah, which is kind of what But it all I, starts, I they point. do a yes. deep kickoff, Sergio gets the ball and he's 22, and guess what Sergio does with the ball for Stade Francais? F-I-I-D-F. He fiddims the fuck of it and t- attempts to give it the full fucking banana torpedo kick. What? Sends it fucking flying out on the full, and they have to come all the way, or, or he shanks it so badly that it's like it hardly goes anywhere. And he just stands there looking a bit bemused, as if you know, as if say, That's never happened before. Yes, it has. And it'll continue it's to happen for the next 10 years. Literally Sergio. all the time, Sergio. Come on. Ugh. But yeah, that, it was like that. And it was, I yes, still think the it was always better, actually. Marvel. But it was, um, but... Um, yeah, it was marvelous and fair play to Newcastle. Like, what a fucking tonic of you know they've been so bad like they haven't been bad but they've lost oh, it's, all not been these a lovely, games. it's not been a lovely season for them has it no and then you can turn up and sort of do brilliantly in the Heineken so played 2-1-2 two, two. yeah in the fucking Heineken Cup sure why not that's what everyone expected <laughs> yeah, isn't it but we can shit over to Lon it's Worcester we struggle with you know. <laughs> I mean that is it though isn't it it's <laughs> yeah, like it what the fuck like uh, it doesn't make any sense, but that's kind of why rugby is fucking brilliant. It is because it doesn't make any sense. Have you got all. anything else? Um, I've got a couple of things that I will bang through quickly. Um, firstly, Bruce Craig is a spoiled child. <laughs> um, honestly, like I get it. We've all been at the wrong end of refereeing decisions in games. We've lost by not, and we've lost by not a lot, and it's annoying. Like fucking hell, I'm a Welsh fan. We lost the Six Nations game as a direct result of a TMO fucking up something that everyone else could see. And I was fuming. <laughs> and Bath fans are entitled to be fuming. And Bath coaches and players are allowed to be fuming. Bruce Craig's allowed to be fuming, to be honest. Demanding a fucking replay. That's the sort of thing that lunatics on Twitter do. 
<laughs> you know? Oh, I should play, replay the game. Replay the game. You got it wrong. When you're a fucking billionaire owner of a professional rugby team, you don't want to be like, don't go full paranoid lunatic on Twitter as a, as a rule. Like, refs are human. They fuck up. It's frustrating. You don't go, as well when you they don't do. go full Murad. No. You've got to leave Murad go out there on his own. You don't go full Murad. No. It's writing to the fucking, oh, unbelievable stuff. Absolutely yeah. unbelievable. Refs, yeah, but I'm uh, very rich and I want this to be sorted. Yeah, just because that's how it works in other parts of your life. That's, yes. if, you, if you can't accept that that's not what happens in sport, don't get into sport. Like, <laughs> yes. just just don't do it. Um, so, yeah, idiot. Yeah. Um, and then the second one, uh, or my final one, I should say, people are getting annoyed about the wrong thing with this high tackle nonsense. Oh, people don't get me started on this. Yeah, go on. People are getting annoyed about people getting sent off. They should be getting annoyed about the people who aren't getting sent off. Because yes, the red cards, absolutely Cipriani's right. red card on Saturday was, despite everybody saying otherwise, 100% right. He led with his shoulder, made contact with the head, gone. Mm-hmm. Them's the rules. Like, I'm not unsympathetic. It's unlucky. that, But he put him, if his technique was better, if his body height was lower if he was leading his arms and not his shoulder basic shit wouldn't have happened yeah. um and like, then there was the, 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 there was the monster one was the standard one which they should get signed yeah and that was it's it's it's, it's the yeah. it's the muddle thinking isn't it because the practical application isn't coming through correctly then you move a step back and say there's something wrong with the principle no there isn't you, no you, 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 you're coming at this on the wrong angle and it is that well, point you know our players giving themselves the best chance not to be carded. No, it's You know, if they look themselves in the mirror and go, am I giving myself under the new directives the best chance not to get carded? The answer is, with a lot of them, will be, no, I'm not. And I, yeah. can, I can bitch about it, but take some responsibility. You know, rugby's all about, apparently, responsibility and individual, <laughs> isn't it, though? That's yes. the whole yeah, point yeah, of it. You take fucking... responsibility for your job and you make sure you get it right. And if you give a penalty away because you've got your hands in the rut when they've told you you shouldn't do, and that costs a game, that's your fucking fault. And yeah. you better fucking address it and get it better. Yet with this, it's almost like, oh, well, you can't possibly be expected to understand a directive that's been in place for fucking two years. But like people still sending fucking kids up chimneys, you know what I mean? Well, I couldn't be expected <laughs> to understand you couldn't send kids up chimneys. I mean, the law only changed in 1872. I mean, for fuck's sake, do you know what yeah, I mean? I, and why can't I, I send kids up chimneys? The fucking chimneys are going soft these days. <laughs> That's the thing, though, isn't it? It's like they... I saw. I can't remember where I saw it on Twitter, really. Some, some journalist tweeted a slide, basically, of a, of a, a world rugby thing, hmm. which basically showed the progression of this whole thing, of their fucking plan to ensure that rugby still fucking exists in 10 years. Because let's not fuck around here. If the game doesn't become safer, rugby will not exist for much longer. No. Because it, insurance will not fucking... They won't, they won't be able to get insurance. You know? Yeah. That's as simple as that. But there was a thing where it was basically like, the current thing is to be absolutely fucking zero tolerance on head injuries and send players off and any sort of contact with the head you have you basically are almost overly punitive on it in order to change behavior yeah then once that phase is completed there's talk about basically having a a system where it's a lot more sympathetic where they're basically sort of suggesting that 
if a player makes contact with a head during a tackle, it'll be a penalty, no yellow card. If it's not overtly malicious, or it'll be a penalty, possibly a yellow card, but definitely not a red, but they'll basically be warned. Hmm. And then if they get three warnings over the course of a season, they'll be banned for a game. Because by that point, players will, you know, they bas- this is basically stage two, once they've basically cracked down on them so hard that players have started to change their behaviour and it's become a matter of course that they're not tackling like this. And that's what, the you know, people are saying, oh, why don't they show sympathy with the player? No, that's the fucking point. They can't, because if they don't, then players will keep tackling the way... The, and then people the, say, oh, where's the consistency? It's like, where's the consistency in every single fucking part of this game? Yeah. If you want consistency, fucking... find another fucking sport to watch. <laughs> yeah, rugby Go is watch a nice chess or something. Possible game to get 100% consistency all the time. I understand that obviously getting a penalty wrong for hands in the rook, for example, and not doing that consistently is not quite as punitive as no. sending somebody off. I understand what the people say, but this is the way it is. And yeah. the parade of ex pros that keep coming out, just constantly responding to everything with, it's not as simple as that. Honestly, yeah. well. One, what a fucking shit thing to say. Well, explain to me why it isn't simple and explain <laughs> to me the breakdown of detail of what it is you're actually talking about. And, and it's basically, I don't want this thing to change from the way that I did it. And we all but, went through that, didn't we? I mean, I'll be the first to admit, we all went through that, oh, yeah, fuck, I'm did. not sure what this means. And I'll have yeah. a bit of a sounding off, because we do on here, yeah. about what this might mean. And I'll get mm. fucking completely, I'll extrapolate it beyond reason. <laughs> And all yeah. that. And then as you look at it, you go, you know what? This is fucking kind of right. Well, in the same way that, like, pe- you know, when contact in the air thing was happening and... And the tip tackle, no, like, no fucker does that anymore, yeah. do they? No, exactly. It's like you look at that, it's weirdly, you look at that Sam Warburton red card again and you think in the modern game, that would be a yellow card because he lands on his shoulder mm. and not on his head. But people don't even so, do that anymore, do they? People no, they don't, don't even try and do that movement anymore. No, now. it's incredibly it ha- rare. When it happens, it's more likely to be yellow because, going back to what I was saying earlier, yeah. they've come through the period where they were fucking red hot on it and everyone was getting sent off and people were getting fucking pissed off about it. And what do you know? Players stopped tackling that way. So now, when it happens, they understand that if it's not particularly egregious, then it doesn't need to be fucking punished quite so punitively. So now, that Warburton red card would be a yellow. Who's to say that in five years' time or ten years' time, what happened with Cipriani on Saturday wouldn't be a yellow card and a formal warning? Yeah. You know, it's but for the time being, they fucking because because if you fucking watch any game of rugby, you will find at least four or five red card incidents that don't get a fucking call mm. with high tackles at the moment. They've got to, when they spot them, they've got to be punitive on them because players are doing it all and the time. And then people will overcompensate and go much yeah. lower, and that, that's what and that's what they, whether you agree with it or not, that's what they want them to do. And the idea that they're saying that it can't possibly, um, it's not as simple as that. Honestly, anybody who's played rugby knows in ninety-five percent of situations, unless somehow it, it comes on top of you. Mm. It's very, very simple to decide I'm going to go for the legs on this guy rather than I'm <laughs> yeah. going to go for the head on this head. guy. There is yeah. nothing fucking complicated about that at all. And what no. this is about is that coaches are not yet ready to move away from the dominant, the prevailing dominant collision. Yeah, they uh, don't paradigm, want to be the, which is what they, they don't want to. 
they don't want to be the first people to do it because if they start tackling lower, then all of a sudden players will have their fucking... Yeah, I completely agree, Sully. You're right, it's bollocks. Um, so he's going, you know you've been on for an hour, yeah? You've not even got the shit good yet. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, the first person that does it is probably going to be, you know, get put themselves at a disadvantage. Yeah. And so, you know, they need to be this punitive in order to force coaches to go, you know what, it's better to tackle low than to end every game with fucking 14 yeah. men after 20 minutes. And, and let's be honest, that's not the case either. No, Do you know what I mean? That, that's, that's the other thing that builds up in, in popular, you know, belief that, yeah, yeah, every game has got 13 people in the park. No, it hasn't. No, because most of the time it's fine. And referees are actually capable of dealing with some sort of, you know, sympathy and understanding towards players. But you, you look at the thing, remember with the high tackle thing and the tackle in the air thing, I should say, yeah. when players are like, oh, you know, players are just going to jump into contact to win penalties. I love that idea. It happens. It happens once. I'm going to smash my head onto somebody's shoulder because I fancy yeah. bagging a penalty. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, when has when have you seen somebody intentionally jump? Like, oh, players can just jump in a tackle and win a penalty. I've never seen that happen. The only time that it sort of happened was in the Lions tour on the third test. You know? Yeah. It's anyway. Moving it on. Does, we have to yes, move on. We, we really do. Fuck me. Let's, I'm going to very quickly go through to the Challenge Cup, but all I'm going to say is this, is the point to make is that Timisoara still have it. They've not yes. so much kept the cup, more had it stuffed up their hoop <laughs> by every Claremont player with a broom handle. And it's gone up there so far, it is never coming back down. Yes, it has been. Yeah, they got battered by Absolutely battered. 70-point job. Kels Breeze, to be honest. Um, and yes, I now think that they have fully engraved their... It's never, ever coming out of their bowel No, after, so, after that performance. So, yeah, I will check back in with it at some point, I guess. Yeah, I just, yeah whatever. Right, shit, good. Aye. Shit, I've got very quickly. The Connick, Chris Ashton was back at the weekend, scored a hat-trick. Yes. Um, although it'd be very hard to find it because, obviously... Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> week, week two of the Challenge Cup, zero games live, one two-minutes highlight package, of which a minute of which was Chris Ashton. Um why are people complaining about other te- of like teams fielding weakened teams in the Challenge Cup when the broadcaster doesn't even care enough to show it? They might as well just stop doing it. Death to the Challenge Cup. That's what I say. Join us next week when Josh will be again <laughs> enraged about a Challenge Cup. Uh, <laughs> it's not on next week. I'll, I'll pick it up again in December. Or <laughs> I can really brew it up for the next, <laughs> for the next month. Anyway, Chris Ashton scored his third try, which was an ash splash. It was, of course. Um, and after he scored it, and not many people seem to make much points, apart from one of the curries who went over and tried to start a fight after it, the Good comic lad. player, I couldn't see who it was, as, while Ashton was on the floor, basically tried to knock his head off. The comic yeah. player came flying in and t- torpedo, like, swinging yeah. arm for his absolutely, head. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just... the touch judge actually stepped in, as if to say, whoa. But at no point said, you need to send him off for that. Because he has just literally torpedo swinging arm to the bloke's head after he scored a try. <laughs> it's like and the Andrew so, Conway thing last week, you yeah. know, the, the flying L, the flying forearm like, smash after the kick. It's, yeah, it's like, can we not, are we not pay? At what point do referees turn around and stop looking? He's just going, well, that's probably a try. I'm going to run back. Is that when the TMO happens like, as, a, as a fag, like after somebody scores, <laughs> so we can't I mean, actually I, see it? You look, I can imagine that David Atu bloke having a fag <laughs> in his <Yes>. hat. <laughs> yeah. um, Shit for me, 
numero uno, uh, Luke McGrath. Look, it's hard being probably the worst player at Leinster. <laughs> Despite being a good player. Yeah. Despite being a good player. But like, Scrum Ars always felt like the weaker link. The weakest link, rather, in that in Leinster's squad. They it has actually, very, hasn't it? Because they, they got, haven't had a very good there's one. There's Jameson, Ginson, Park, and there? there was like Owen Redden. He was, you know, he was arguably the last half decent one, and he really but wasn't. He was that just good. like bog standard when he you know? Isaac. They had Isaac Boss for a while. He was <laughs> shit. I mean, it's yeah, uh, but he just sort of demonstrated that when you're not. It's very easy to be a bang average scrum off and look very good for Leinster when you're getting an absolute sedan chair ride from the best pack of forwards on the planet. Uh, when you don't get a sedan chair ride, um, well, I mean, we all saw the interception, didn't we? Yes. Yeah. Ben Young's as well. Mm. Bless him. Yes. I got taken to task by a Leinster fan. When I said Ben Young's the gift that keeps on shitting. Which I thought was a very good line. It's just solid. Somebody came and said, is that anywhere to treat a one-club man? So yeah. I don't see how these two things are related. <laughs> I'll be honest. Well, that's, sort of, that's the sort of false equivalency that only exists on Twitter. Yeah. God bless. Uh, um, yeah. also Believe me, I played for one club and I was shit as well. It's fine. You know, it happens. <laughs> Sometimes you're just there. <laughs> Um, that they just couldn't fucking get rid of me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what else have you got in the shit before I go onto Twitter quickly? Uh, Simon Zebo's apology and just the whole fucking thing. Like, yeah, well, I, yeah, I had this in good people <coughs> being shit houses when they score. I think that's quite good. Well, it's the thing. It's like rugby's fucking puritanical Victorian moralizers. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're wankers and should be called yeah, wankers, but it's still absolutely. great that it exists. He gave it the big one. And it wasn't very classy, and he shouldn't have done it, probably. But, I mean, the way people reacted, you'd swear he'd fucking teabagged someone. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, my biggest thing with it... That's over the clubhouse. Simon Teabag. Simon Teabag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Nige was the worst part about it. Oh, man. Making such a big... De- have a quiet word, if you want. They need to give him a sabbatical. After the game. Like... He was trying to... It genuinely felt like he was trying to engineer another fucking tiresome viral this is what makes rugby different fucking yeah. moment on the fucking line. Let me take a minute to explain fucking... to you how I see the world. <laughs> yeah. It's like you can see fucking Rugby Dump or whatever saying this shows why rugby's different to other stuff. <laughs> Fuck off. And then 5,000 point... comments about how fucking brilliant rugby is, yeah. Oh, it's like he pointed... hey, hey, we do think rugby's brilliant. We just yeah, we do. Reasons. But all he did was point. He did not need to say he was ashamed of himself. He did not need to ask for our forgiveness. It's so bad, isn't when, it? Did they it's demand fucking, fucking George? Did they demand George North apologise when he did exactly the same thing? Because oh, he was one of us at the time in the first Lions test in 2013. No, of course it's so fucking. Profound. However, they did demand that Del- Dylan Armitage did it because he's it's, a bad Yes, well, I mean, you know, he was a bad. But that's fine. But the thing is. Nobody wants nobody wants a sport full of Chris Robshaws, do they? No. Imagine that. Is that what you want? <laughs> exactly. And um, I, you know, I want Chris Robshaw in my sport. Lovely lad, yeah, full of respect. Absolutely. Proper nice fella, it seems. There should be a fucking, you know, rugby needs a certain amount of... Yes. Like, genuine... Proper... There's a reason why heroes and villains exist. Oh, see, here we go. Fucking... Wales Online, top story. 
World rugby boss lavishes praise on Nigel Owens for thoughtful and well managed. Oh, fuck, fuck off. off. Thoughtful and well managed cyber- Simon Zebo. Just fuck Which off. We're all sat around in a fucking oak panelled room. Kind of, aren't we all the right kind of people? Isn't it wonderful to be the right <laughs> kind of people? Isn't That's that the thing. Simply that magnificent. Just... Are you the, you I'm... know, yeah, fucking it just horrible. just fucking pisses me off. Like, I cannot deal with this. Fucking holier than thou bullshit. It all goes back to listen to the history podcast. Honestly, this all goes back to the Victorian Corinthian bullshit. It absolutely does. And I cannot fucking deal with it. And there is a line, and there is, you know, we do, rugby is a bit different. I don't mind that. That's fine. But this self fucking flagellation of the poor guy. Do you know what's the worst part? Is you know Nigel bafflingly fucking writes a column for the Wales Online for the Western Mail, yeah, right? Commas, yeah. Do you know what? Do you know what the title of his Saturday morning column was? And what really fucks me off now that I've just seen it? What was that? The creeping lack of respect in rugby and why I'll call it out when I see it. And look, I've just been and presented look, with a look, perfect and, look, and what, low. And look what happens in that very afternoon. Fuck off night <laughs> seriously and the thing like, is that is a great too, yeah. he was looking for that absolutely and a lot of people say about Nigel come on you can't you don't want to take his personality mm-hmm. no you don't there's a difference between refereeing with his personality and refereeing with a sort of recognition for agenda for himself I just no can't and uh, I don't want to talk about it anymore because it's making me that's really pissed me off I haven't seen that before <laughs> Oh, uh, should we do good? Or has that, we has that gone straight to number one of the things that have pissed Josh off this oh, week? It shoved yes. the Challenge Cup coverage to number two. Oh, New yes. entry. Yeah. Right now, what have we got for Twitter? Shit, very quickly. Patrick got in touch. Papa Alpha yes. Bravo. He said, shit, yeah. is obviously Bruce Craig and his insanity. Mm-hmm. He said, games didn't go my way. I I had a try disallowed 20 years ago, which I swear was grounded. I'm still furious about it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's fine. Be furious. Just don't ask for the game to be replayed. The pen agrees with what we've just said and says shit was Owens hogging the limelight once again. It's too yeah. much. D- yeah. Leave it. Leave yeah. it. <laughs> Not worth it. I'm just going to be quiet while you read these. Bath Bites says on Twitter at Blood and Blood, shit. BT having ex-players commentating on their old clubs while having the impartiality of a myopic cyclops. This week is like my greatest hits of things that boil my <laughs> fucking piss, isn't I it? I mean, obviously, Bath Bites is a Bath account. Who could of you course. possibly be talking, you be talking about? about? <laughs> is it someone with an annoying nickname? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, yes, Lawrence was fantastic, wasn't he? Grant Taylor gets in touch. It's a shame, though. It's a shame. He says, shit, this is interesting. He says, shit, it's Exeter against decent teams. It all looks neat and pretty, but they've got no plan B and nobody to clash through a well-drilled defence. I don't know if it's as simple as that, but there's something not quite there, is there? I think it's Exeter against uh, non-English teams. They seem set up to be... Premiership styly. They're very good at beating teams that play in the Premiership style when they're confronted by something a little bit different, they struggle with it. I mean, they even sort of made hard work of the Ospreys a couple of years ago, which, fuck me, everybody beats us. However, they, to be fair, Exeter are not the only team to be embarrassed by um, 
Well, no, people keep underestimating them, don't they? Yeah, and they do keep winning these games that they have no yeah. fucking right to win. Yeah. And it was yeah. at home, of course, but even so. But yeah, but yeah, there's yeah. something not quite there. But again, yeah. Mm. yeah it's a weird one. They look yeah, out of sorts. Uh, so that's the end of the shit. What have we got that's good? Uh, Maxime Medard. Maxime Medard's hairy renaissance. Uh, well, I mean, he's, he's sort of moved on from his late 90s Britpop band Sideburns into a sort of full shaggy dog. It's, it's much better. It's, it's, it's a mature face. man's facial hair. It is. It actually is. And he's only 31 still. He feels like he should be about 7. I could not. Thousand. Could not believe that. It's <laughs> fucking remarkable, isn't it? Also, Maxime Medard is younger than me. That's depressing. Because he's been playing professional rugby for ages. What have you done with your life, Josh? Just <laughs> Fuck get all. fuming about things. Fuck all, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was brilliant. He was a it was a proper rolling back the fucking years, vintage Maxime. And generally before. this season, he's playing he's very, very well. Very yeah, well. he was really good last week as well. Which is yeah. handy because he'll get selected in the France squad, whatever's fucking happening. So, <laughs> so, it's, so it's a good it's job good, he's playing it's well. It's a good job he's playing well, yeah. I've already said that I thought Good was a player's taunting when scoring. Yes. Um, Kevin Heaney tweeted, in line with what you said, this is the last point I'm making, you're not, you're not allowed to respond, but Kevin Heaney tweeted, he said that shit is Nigel Owens scolding a 28-year-old with the usual, this isn't soccer, look at, kids. look at me bullshit. <laughs> and Zebo then letting the world know how humble he is on Instagram. <laughs> it's, just like, it's just clawing fucking bollocks. <laughs> it really is. Understand it. Lost anyway, got us good. Good. Joey Carberry probably his best performance at ten since he moved to Munster. I like never... him a lot. I like him a lot. What I, I like him a lot. What I like a lot about him is the not, not the flash and the pizzazz. I like the minerals. Me too. Although He's got... I, enjoy, I enjoyed his around the back offload. No, no, and I love all that. Yeah, but. That's a given with him because he's very talented. Yeah. What I like yeah. about it is he looks like he's got the fucking temperament to go with it. He looks like Sexton 2.0. Let's be honest. <laughs> yes. He really fucking does now. Now that he's playing 10 every week, you're like, yeah. He's been known to talk to a few people when scoring as well. Johnny Sexton. Yeah. yeah. Don't talk about that either, do they? Oh, no. Um, also good, Marrow. Like, oh, man, I don't. You, I, did you see I the way he moved after that break? No. It's like, I don't think he's a test... I still don't think he's a test level six. No, he's not. But a club level... He can play six at test level. He's, yeah. But, but you'd be, not, you'd, you'd be weakening yeah. two positions. Yeah. He's a superhuman wrecking machine no matter what. You play him at fucking prop at fucking club level and he'd just still be a superhuman wrecking machine. <laughs> when, he, when, he, when he broke, he just... He just almost sounded like he went... As <laughs> <laughs> he kind of went across the, the way. Yeah, there it was, was no like, sound of feet was, touching the ground or anything. Those huge legs just opened up, and all of a sudden he's just fucking galloping across. He said, like one of the cars Leon's from Mad Max. Yeah, Leon's entire fucking backline are just chasing him, and he's just like, <laughs> he's just going, oh yeah, someone's someone's thinking about catching me. I'll just add an extra gear that nobody knew that I had. I my never noticed. Outrageous. I'm sure Saracens fans will tell me, have you not noticed? But <laughs> I've, I've never, never noticed how pacey. I mean, I suppose you have to be pacey to be that powerful, I suppose. But he really is pacey. <laughs> to run in from that far, that quick, was. <laughs> genuinely and it's not like it was a sort of interception situation or anything like that it was a strip there were players all around him and he just fucking hit yeah. the gas and went and it was and went <laughs> I'm now going to make that noise probably <laughs> every time my breath every time I see it which I hope happens all the time because I, um, I 
marrow in full flight a great all deal. this Leinster chat as well the past few weeks has actually taken away from Saracens a bit who just keep They're efficiently boringly fucking <laughs> battering everybody <laughs> don't they <laughs> because until they lose you know every, to be honest with you, if Leinster had just battered fucking Toulouse we wouldn't have really been talking about them this week because it would have been yeah yeah that's true until until they fuck up Saracens are incredibly boring sorry Saracens fans but you know who it is um, I mean, yeah. not, I don't find them boring to watch. It's just no, they're absolutely expected. not. It's just they're brilliant. Their excellence is entirely unremarkable, and that's probably the highest compliment you can give. Going back to shit, because just come through on Twitter. Ellis Davis said that shit was a, is Steph Evans blowing a massive overlap. Oh my the god! The death of Scarlett's and missing the try bonus try. Awful. He, this is why he's been playing for the A-side Steph all season. Steph Evans looks permanently like somebody's just asked him a cryptic crossword question. <laughs> That's his permanent face. He's yeah. a bit like, what? Say that again. So I think he's kind of, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't He doesn't seem like he's the, the deepest thinker in the world, no. let's be honest. Um, Anything else so you've from got? That game, from Good. that game, though, Manu bloody Tuilagi. Wow. England are going to win the World Cup, boys. Man who's back. The fact is, um, if he gets a run of play... If he gets a run of play, you fucking might well. Physical specimen-wise, what? Yeah. Well, you just look at him and you just think, that's Eddie Jones' perfect And that's why 12. he shouldn't be a... T- I don't think he should be a 12. Because I don't think... Well, he could do a job at 12 and there's no outstanding candidate, I suppose, but there's something about him getting the ball in that 13 channel with that yeah. size and that pace and fucking good luck. You know, if he's yeah. running in the 12 channel, there's still your back rows coming across and all that kind of stuff. There's something about having him that just that extra eight, ten meters outside. Yeah, that he's makes a hard, everything a bit you, different. That, that try that he scored, where he just basically—I mean, the Scarlets have got a pretty lightweight fucking backline. Don't get me wrong, but the way that he just decided that he was just going to go nope and just. <laughs> Barrel through three of the fucking... And went and under them. That's the thing at 13 as well. He can choose to cut back across the drifting defence mm. and actually get that weak shoulder tackle sort of thing, which is what he's perfect for as well. Listen to me doing analysis. Yeah. I'm fucking is... exhausted now. That'll do until January. Yeah. But, yes. But, yeah, um, very happy. I I, I'm very much not in the school of, you know... Somebody plays one good game and they should start for England, except in the case of Maritone. Well, he has uh, got an established track record as well, though, hasn't he? Yeah, and also because... It's he... also perfectly set up to build a team around him and he'll get injured in April and then we'll go, oh, fuck, what the fuck are we going to do now? Well, you know, Eddie Jones basically said this week that he's going to wrap Billy Vinipilder in cotton wool until the World Cup because he's terrified of what happens if he's injured for well, it. This happened in 2015. Sam Burgess happened because Manny Tuolangi got injured. That's the top, oh, yeah, the top yeah. and bottom of it. Because yeah. yeah. Lancaster went, oh no, Manny's injured. We literally have no other fucking no, ideas. Yeah. Well, this lad who's been playing six quite well for Bath <laughs> might be an option. Leadership. Nebulous yeah. idea of leadership. The Andy Farrell thing. Some <laughs> nebulous notion of leadership. <laughs> Any more biography? Uh, Finn Russell was very good. A rare example of someone going to France and not shitting the bed or getting injured. Well, Cammy Black did the best gif ever before. I did love that. Talking about the Finn Russell Adam Hastings Town 12 axis, two cats in, in yeah. sunglasses just jumping up and down to music. It's, it's going to be great. It's going to be great fun if that ever happens. It's also going to be absolutely mayhem. And he likes a second five eight, does Gregor? I mean, he, he oh, tried fucking it. Peter on there for a while. So you know, I mean, God, who's the better option there? <laughs> right, uh, 
Good from Twitter. Ben Mason gets in touch. He said, good. And this, this would have been great to see, I see. And actually, why isn't this a player spotted, Ben? He said, um, good as Dave Rennie and Jonathan Humphreys belting Delilah out after a few drinks in the Rummer Tavern following Glasgow's win on Saturday. Oh, good old Rummer Tavern. What? It's had the front of it redone, I noticed. I yes, it has. It got re- it's got redone about two or three years ago. It hasn't got the same scum. They fucking ruined it, it now, yeah, haven't they? Yeah, yeah they have, basically. And Dempsey's isn't there anymore. That's not a Dempsey's. No, it's now 11s. Don't, I don't like to talk about that, though, because I still find it quite strange. Because uh, what changing Dempsey's or Dempsey's? The Dempsey's just Dempsey's isn't there anymore. It just upsets me to think about it. To be honest, right? Um, but as we've got good. Toby Baker got in touch. He said, "Good is Leinster losing. Leinster losing meaning that Bath will be top after our replay with Toulouse." <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very ben good. Baker gets in touch. He says, "Good is Newcastle fighting to the end." Correct. Yeah, Leinster being human and the resurgent Toulouse. Yes. Very good, Ben. Oh, I'll tell you what else I found good was. Gareth Hanscom's absolute apoplexy at the Glasgow Cardiff kit clash farce. He was absolutely like unreasonably, he was unreasonably, about unreasonably it. angry about it, and it's like, all right, Gareth, like, and yeah, I think it didn't really affect them. Yeah, did it, did. it? <laughs> it doesn't seem to affect them too badly. They fucking battered you, man. Well, maybe they were just so Cardiff was so angry at the just <laughs> the shambolic state of the PCR's fucking organisational skill that for the first 15 minutes of the game they just couldn't think about anything else but how I've got angry a vision of like the huddle after every time Glasgow scored you know I mean come on lads can you say, I mean it's his fucking kit it's kit isn't it can you can't I can't Gareth will you shut up about the fucking kit and I'll try and make a point about the breakdown for a minute will you it's just I mean it's it was a fuck up let's not be wrong and it doesn't help the fact that Macron are lazy as fuck and used exactly the same shade of blue in both kits by the way um People well, surely Cardiff. someone before the game could have just gone, go and get the white kit. Or <laughs> well, are they contractually obliged to use the European kit in European games or something? Effectively, yes. They've designated two kits. Um, and they basically, Cardiff said they couldn't change into their second kit because they've got some different sponsors for the Champions Cup and stuff like that. Ah, and right, OK. So people are saying it's Cardiff's fault. It's not Cardiff's fault. It's the EPC well, in fault. the old days it probably would have been because Cardiff should have just changed the kit but in these yeah. very complex sponsorship and contractual yeah. days it's a different yeah. kettle of fish altogether and they also they also said that nobody really noticed how bad it was going to be until the warm up <laughs> at which at which point which I come on guys um, but at which <laughs> point they were like until Gareth Amsterdam was he'd be talking to Adam Hastings for 20 minutes thinking it was <laughs> thinking it was Ray Lilo yeah he gave away all of their defensive <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, he was basically like, "Well, all of our fucking kits are in the veil, which is you know a good forty-five minutes outside of Cardiff, and you know if they're doing the warm-ups, that's like fifteen twenty minutes before kickoff. It's there's no way that somebody could have made it out to the veil, got found the kits, got the kits, and brought them back in time for the start of the game. So it was a complete fucking mess." Couple more from Twitter. Jen B gets in touch. Says, "Good was Christine's grand grand larceny off Tranduk mispass in Newcastle." How <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit was Tranduk, by the way? Fuck me. I mean, it was peak Tranduk, basically. It was basically. God love him. It is very, yeah. very worse. Was him doing that to, for Toulon? Um, Bailey and Aurora got in touch. Said, "Good was Edinburgh. Yes, played brilliantly. And Matt Nally's try when the interplay with Nell was amazing." Also, Simon Bergen catching Julian Surveyor and making a try and saving tackle. You've got to remember that. You know, Julian Surveyor's playing for Toulon. Do you know what I mean? It's fucking mad, isn't it? I mean, 
Penny for Reese Webb's thoughts. No, I mean, he's injured. He's injured. Well, yeah. He's injured at the moment, but he's just got to be thinking. He what? Must be delighted. He's fucking injured. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm not contributing. Somebody tried to argue with me yesterday that by being injured, he was contributing to the shitness by not making it better. I'm not sure that's how it works. It's, it's one theory, I suppose. Yeah, it's, it's um, certainly a, a theory. Frank Ridgen um, finally gets it up. He says, "Good is maybe I'm clutching at straws, but some English players are making me cautiously optimistic." He told you the rugby player, not the circus performer. It's very good. Manu, if he stays fit, Mark Wilson, Zach Mercer, Rhodes, etc., all playing well. Ashton gets a hat-trick. Cockney Singer's looking... I was quite doubtful about Cockney Singer, but he's slowly growing and convincing me. I'm sure he'd be delighted about what, that. He's a, a physical specimen who's looking more like a rugby player every week, which he is, is, yeah. Cracking is finish a good thing. On a, on, yeah, on really good. Game. Right then, let's bring this to an end. Yeah. Oh, actually, one more good oh, was Eddie okay. Jones being booed by the Wasps fans, which is fucking hilarious. I mean, you know, I mean, all right, it's not. Been, I get it. It's not been a very good year or so, but it's not been disastrously awful either. So you know, it's no. a little bit fucking much booing the guy. <laughs> it, it is, but I mean, this is all against the backdrop of Eddie Jones refusing to pick any Wasps players ever, except oh, for Elliot Daly. So true. I guess that's why. But it was fucking funny. <laughs> Right then, thank you very much, everybody. We'll speak to you all soon. Take care. Goodbye. Take care, everybody. You might hear the word insolvency and think companies, but insolvency is just another term to describe serious financial problems for anyone. You could be insolvent if you can't pay your bills in full when they're due, you're paying a little off each bill trying to keep creditors at bay, or you've had calls and letters about missed repayments and threats of repossession. 
The Insolvency Service of Ireland, or ISI, has four debt solutions to help people with all levels of problem debt, from credit cards to mortgages. For more information, visit backontrack.ie or free text get help to 50015. The ISI, together, will get you back on track. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.